Are you listening? Damn. Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of the Real Report. Uh, this first episode is going to be entirely dedicated to giving you a glance at this big off season and recapping what has been a great Real Salt Lake season. Um, we're your host, Tyson Moore. And I'm Spencer Rodak. Hey Tyson, question for you. What? Have you ever owned or ran a business? Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, but hey, if you are a business owner, have you ever been held hostage by ransomware only to find out that your latest backups are seven months old and your IT guy ran off with his tail between his legs? With 20 years of cybersecurity expertise, Orange Tech can pinpoint your vulnerabilities by using their threat assessment platform. Visit orangetechservice.com to sign up for your free security analysis today. That's orangetechservice.com. Sign up while the offer lasts. Yeah. So, Spencer, we got a lot on the plate today. We got to be running fast, doing a lot of stuff. So let's get right to it. Good and bad of this Real Salt Lake season. Well, first, uh, well, there was good and bad, obviously. Yeah, duh. You can't, I mean, it would be all bad if they would have missed the playoffs. I would have just railed yeah, we on them ran endlessly. The, yeah, the season would be over. And um, they won 16 games, lost 13, drew five. So they finished third place. It was a dogfight at the end. It was kind of like, are they going to finish third? Are they going to finish seventh? It was a pretty close race there. And for the second year in a row, Houston Dynamo's come up come up huge for Real Salt Lake and yeah. the win that pushed knocking us to the LA Galaxy off and getting us a home playoff game, Thank which you, we got Houston. to go to. We appreciate your efforts on our behalf. Um, and then they did win a playoff game. We got to go, so that was fun. It was so awesome. Um, that late winner by Jefferson Savarino in the 87th minute got us to the semifinals. We loved walking out of the stadium and everyone telling us bleep Seattle. Mm-hmm. That was great. We were so ready to take on Seattle. In that and moment. then that kind of crashed and burned. Yeah, but we don't we'll talk kind about of talk that. about why that crashed and burned in a minute. Um, something that was really good this year. Um, so last season, we really weren't that much different than this season, for being honest. No, For it, 14, it 13, and 7, year. 49 points compared to 53. And 6th uh, place, but 3rd is better. Um, the same playoff result, both semifinal exits. Um, that's kind of disappointing, but 10th playoff appearance in 12 years, you know, that's pretty consistent. That's one of the more consistent clubs in the league. Um, one of the things that last year, or excuse me, yeah, last year, 2018, um, we gave up a lot of goals. Yeah. So don't even ask me how we made the playoffs. Cause I honestly can't tell you actually I can Houston dynamo. Thank you again. Mm-hmm. Um, 58 goals is a lot of goals to give yeah, up. That was a tied sixth worst in the league. It was so bad. And then, so that brings us to the good of this year. 41 goals allowed. Thank you, Nick Ramondo. And our defense was just and fantastic. As a whole was stellar. I think that's like the one, like if we want to look at like the highlight of the year, it's got to be the defense. It has to be. And um, I mean, 12 shutouts, 41 goals allowed down 17 from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, third in the league out of 24 teams, which is much better than tied for sixth worst. Yeah. I and, mean. uh, yeah, after that gold cup break, um, where the U S lost to Mexico and we don't want to talk about that. Um, we were first in the league in goals allowed. So I'd say that's pretty solid. Um, we also won 12 home games, which is the new franchise record. Don't ask me how, because I went to two regular season home games. They lost both, so I'm yeah, trying to Spencer, figure out. Spencer's got bad timing. He I'm trying to figure out where they games. got these 12 home wins from, because I didn't see it. Yeah, and the 12 home games is is 
Really impressive. Yeah, it's pretty I mean, good. considering we won 16 games. Yeah. I mean, that means we had an awful road record, but I mean, at least we, we That's held the strong. Norm. That's the norm. We're usually not very good on the road, but really good at home. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially um, not in Seattle. Yeah, there were some things this year that were good. Um, we do have to highlight uh, Liberian International Sam Johnson. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, he's pretty good, just so everybody knows. Um, watching him in person is like watching a ballet. Just orchestrated, athletic, wow. He didn't really play a whole lot of minutes. Um, not as many minutes as I thought mm-hmm. they would have. that he would have um, when he was signed. Um, but in the minutes he did play, he got nine goals, which was tied for second on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, take note of this. Nine goals on 12 shots on target. That's insane. Yeah. That's that conversion a, rate is crazy. That's a perfect 75%. So why was he not getting more playing time? I don't know. We'll talk about question. it. He yeah. had some injuries, but we'll talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll dive into this. But just know that we, we stand Sam Johnson. Yeah. Um, so to go to the bad, you know, the highlight of this year was the offense, or the defense, and the bad was the offense. Um, we didn't have one reliable forward. Like Nobody was really our leader in scoring. No, um, it was really a team effort which i don't have a problem with if we scored more than 46 goals which is 19th in the league out of 24 teams 46 like i'm all good with like a forward combination where like all these different guys could be threats to score but clearly that's not really what happened yeah that would be great but like none of our guys were like threats to score and we only had one double digit goal scorer and it was albert rushnak so yeah and not great yeah I mean, I, we don't need a Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but we do need somebody to take more shots. Goodness. Well, and the uh, the problem of not scoring goals was very evident uh, in the semifinals against Seattle. Oh, yeah. Uh, we could not even get there a shot no, on target. No energy on offense. It I mean, was, I'm sure there was a couple good tries, but no, it was bad. Yeah, and they rely too much on the defense to hold it together. And it was a lot mm-hmm. like the Portland game. The defense played great in the first half. Then second half early, it started to fall apart, and the offense had zero answers because we couldn't get any balls past the middle of the field. No real scoring chances. It was yeah dismal offensively, and, and that's why we're out of the playoffs, and we're here talking about it. Yeah, the uh, the probably the most interesting bad thing that happened was all the off season or off the field Ugh. issues between Mike Peck Mike Petke. Um, and owner Deloitte, Deloitte Hans, my goodness, I cannot say anything right now. Yeah. But there was just a slew of issues. Mike Pecky getting fired for using a homophobic slur in, in a game against, well, well speaking to a, uh, a referee. Yeah, a Panamanian official. Yeah, not, not the best uh, look. Not the best look, and then the way it unfolded and how Deloitte got wrapped up into it and yeah. how he shouldn't have, and then... And then the GM quit. The GM... Ended up parting ways is what they called it, but let's be real, we know what it was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now they're in court. Yeah, so. Pecky's taking RSL to court. Um, I'm a Real fan, but uh, I side with Mike Petkey, just so everyone knows. Yeah, he was dumb to use a homophobic slur, but the handling of the issue by the, That's by the, the where the organization. problem lies, is the handling of the issue. It's not the... Yeah, what he did was not good and was not... a good representation of real yeah, Salt not Lake condonable as a club or our culture um but the way it unfolded and how he got unjustly fired that is a problem i have mm-hmm. and and especially with the level of of control um hansen tried to take over the entire situation 
Yeah. Just basically, uh, ever since Deloitte became majority owner, um, things have gone wrong a lot of times. And ticket sales have increased in price, which nobody likes to see, man. Come on. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast where I can just rip into Deloitte. Yeah, that, that's a 25-minute podcast of just Spencer screaming. Yep. Just right. screaming obscenities at how stupid Deloitte Hansen is. Mm-hmm. So give a quick recap. Good defense. Bad offense. And there was some off-field stuff that and, was very distracting. Yeah. Very. And that comes into play because nobody really wants to go to an organization that's unstable. And we might have some issues with signing people this <laughs> this offseason. Well, I mean, there's going to be a lot of offseason changes. There has to be, obviously. We have no general manager. Um, we have an interim head coach who's no longer an interim head coach so technically we have no coach mm-hmm. um we have 17 free agents out of 28 players and we, we have, have the best goalie in mls history retiring. retiring and he played great against seattle mm-hmm. he's the reason that game wasn't five nothing instead of two nothing mm-hmm. um i don't know where there's so many decisions that have to be made and obviously first on the list is gm because he has to make those decisions yeah then then the gm gets to make all these other fun decisions yeah i'm sure that's great for him and his job and there's no real clear candidate for gm at this point so there's not a whole lot of you speculating no but we do want to talk about a couple coaches there are some other um candidates uh but we want to talk about the two biggest ones that we we think are the biggest ones yeah and spencer's completely wrong on this point just so everybody knows i think that we should just keep going with our current well with the interim coach Freddie Juarez. Freddie Juarez. You I think, think we should just keep going. I think we need to keep going with it. He didn't. I mean, look, the guy in his time, he went eight, five, and two, and they won four out of their first five. Yeah, he actually did better than Mike Petke, who went eight, eight, and three. Mm-hmm. So, and so I like the move of keeping him. He knows the organization. The players that are there know him. The players that are there trust him. And it's just going to be easier as an organization moving forward. When you've got so many changes, just keep something. You have to have some sort of anchoring, some sort of stability. The thing that we did see with Freddie, it was almost like a half-season split between Mike and Freddie as for their coaching. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting where they almost were able to split the season and you were kind of able to see those kind of results. But mm-hmm. me personally, uh, no. Wrong. I mean, Freddie's done a great job. He's a great guy. I just, I don't like this whole thing of hiring within the organization. Oh, then who's your guy? Well, this has been reported by The Athletic, and I read it on the Deseret News. Um, The return of Jason Kreiss. Boo. Yeah. Real Salt Lake's first ever player acquisition in 2005. Member of the RSL Ring of Honor. Coached the team from 2007 to 13 and got us to four cup finals and won us the MLS Cup in 2009. And how has that gone after he left RSL? Well, was that 2013 did he leave? Yeah. After yeah. we lost the MLS Cup final to Sporting Kansas City on penalty kicks. Yeah. Part and of a reason why everyone hates Sporting Kansas City. And once again, what, what happened? Hansen lowballed him on a. Hansen lowballed him because he's a cheap wad. And um, Jason Kreiss said no. Obviously, I can't blame him there. Um, then he went to New York City FC, a brand new team. And well, and pooped the bed. Yeah, that wasn't good. Uh, mm. And then he went to Orlando City, and uh, believe it or not, it was worse than what New York was. Which is quite an achievement in my eyes. Yeah, it's not good. It looked amazing. He's yeah. now the head coach of the U.S. under-23 national team, trying to qualify them for the Olympics in 2020. 
and he's also the head of the Inter Miami Academy, the the club that starts play next year, owned by David Beckham. So, I mean, he has two jobs right now. Isn't Javier with him there in in Miami? Yep, Javi. Javier, Javier Morales. Morales. Yep. He's and there as an academy coach as well. Um, I don't know. I don't like Greece. Uh, I Christ. want Christ to come back. I don't want Christ to come back. I do. Nope. I want it to be back to the glory days. Yeah, well, it's going to be a step in the wrong direction, dude. He's going to be... We don't want to go backwards in an organization. Tell Utah State football that. I don't care, dude. This is <laughs> this is RSL. He has had... Christ has had an awful career since he left RSL. Like, maybe, granted, he could come back and there'd be a little bit of nostalgia and people would be like, yeah, wow. But, no. Freddie's our guy. Because so far, Freddie has proven that he can... At least, he didn't do bad. He definitely did good. He... He won a playoff game, Freddie did. A close playoff game. Yeah. I and just, he lost in a tough game at Seattle. I just want to see Jason Christ back on yeah. the sidelines. This is Probably the, for he's nostalgia's doing nostalgia. sake. Yeah. <laughs> Probably for nostalgia's sake. Because so, I want that trophy back. Yeah, I years. want that trophy back. I want that trophy back too, man. That's why I think Freddie's our best chance. Well, I want Jason back. And apparently they're going to interview him for head coach and GM. So that could mean either you know, a new head coach and he's the GM or he's the head coach and there's a different GM or he could pull dual duties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing him be GM. Yeah. I, I feel like that would be a better spot for him than coach, but I'm okay with him coming back, but I can understand where people would be like, that seems a bit backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand your argument, but there are, it's cause it's, and of course it's right. There are, that's why you can understand my well, argument because it's a good one. I don't know about that. Um, but he's the most successful coach in RSL history and it's not even close. Oh, just give, just give Freddie a couple years, man. Just and give technically, him a couple years. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I know I said I don't want them to hire from within the organization because the last time that happened, that didn't go very well. Technically, the last two times, actually. Yeah, we don't talk about that, man. Because, uh, well, Jeff Kassar got a contract extension and then got fired three games into the next season, and he was uh, the former goalkeeper coach. And then you had Mike Petke, who was technically part of the organization because he was the Real Monarchs head coach. So... And we know how that turned out. Um, so no offense to Freddie, but uh, going outside the organization sounds like a better option to me. The only no. thing with that is people are going to say, well, is that really outside of the organization? Because Jason Christ was part of the organization yeah. Yeah, exactly. for like so 10 years. He's, he's destroying his own argument for me. I don't even have to do anything. That's very stupid. Because it's an unstable, unstable argument anyways. Yeah, but I still want Jason back. And technically it is kind of outside of it. So, mm-hmm. And either way... Like now we have to worry about all the decisions that a coach slash GM would have to make. Let's just Uh, hope they're the right ones. mm -hmm. And the biggest question, like, yeah, we talked about how great the defense was and Nick was, Nick Romando was the star of that defense. He won save of the year. Just third time. Amazing. Amazing. All star for the eighth time. You know, no big deal at 40 at 40. He played, he played with a hoodie on. Yeah. That Portland game. He was wearing a full on coat underneath. He was. I don't know how he even moved. He looked like somebody's dad who showed up to the game, and he played like he was 25 and on heckin' um, Chelsea. He played amazing. He looked like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah, he did. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, but now we have to worry about replacing him. Uh, and we have two candidates. It's been 13 years. I really don't want to even have this conversation. Yeah, it, it sucks that it's we have to talk about this anyways. Just can Nick just be like endlessly like 
ageless? Can yeah. he be Tom Brady and play till he's like 50? Vince Carter? I mean, the, uh, I'd be down. To to give another comparison, just so y'all understand um, how big of a deal Nick was, this is like um, Dirk Nowitzki retiring. Yeah, 13 years with RSL, uh, 20 in Major League Soccer. He's a... He won save of the year three times. He was MVP of the MLS Cup when RSL won it in 09, and he also won an MLS Cup with DC United. He's an eight-time league all-star, and he's basically the leader in every single goalkeeper statistical category. In in MLS, not just in RSL. Yeah, and he won a gold cup with the United States, was on a World Cup team. He's going to be in the National Soccer Hall of Fame in just a few years, mm-hmm. and we were lucky enough to see that for 13 years. Mm-hmm. But now we get to talk about our new rising star, the guy who I think should be our next starting goalie. Ah, David Ochoa. David Ochoa. So, he's 18. David Ochoa is 18. Ah, that's my problem. He's 18. He was born in January of 2001. Ah. And me and Spencer are both 20, and we have done nothing with our lives. uh, Pretty much. At this point. We are talking about an 18-year-old who is It's pretty embarrassing right now, actually. Not going to lie. Yeah, it's it's upsetting. We're losers, and we're accepting it, and we're commenting on other people's weaknesses, which are... <laughs> and uh, they clearly yeah. have not as many as we do, because they're 18 playing professional soccer. Getting paid millions of dollars. Well, well not millions. in MLS. He's getting paid dollars. Um, so what's your argument... <clears throat> excuse me. What's your argument for Ochoa? Well, Ochoa, despite being 18, he was a starting goalie for the uh, under-20, right? The under 20, 20 U.S. team. U.S. team. Um, and once again, he's 18. And he, <laughs> yeah. this 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 year, he's made the jump up to the under 23 team. <clears throat> who, for anyone who just remembered the last topic, Jason Christ is the head coach of the under 23s. And so the conspiracy begins. Oh, jeez. Here comes Jason Christ to take over the job. No, here comes David Ochoa taking over Nick's job. Okay, but no. no. But, but in his time... With, um, with the under twenties, he had a seventy-one percent save percentage, and averaged well, and that's over sixteen games, and he averaged three point three seven saves per game. Oh, what you mean with Real Monarchs? Oh, with, the yeah, development team. Yeah, for with Real, Real Monarchs in the USL. My bad, everybody. No, Real Monarchs. Good. Yeah, I know. Seventy-one percent save percentage. Three point. That's 3. pretty solid. I believe the leader in the USL was seventy-nine percent. Mm-hmm. And, like, this isn't going up against the greatest competition in the world, obviously. No, it's mostly developing players and, um, mm-hmm. you know, from clubs, academies that are trying to get up to an MLS roster. Right, but when you want, like, what would you expect to see from, a, like, a starter quality in the MLS playing in Development League? Yeah, also I mean, congrats to the Real Monarchs. They just made the semifinals of the USL Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, led by star goalie David, David Ochoa. Ochoa. Yeah, that's my argument for David Ochoa. I think this guy's going to be great. He's obviously got more potential than any other candidate. And despite him being so young, I think we just throw him in the fire right now. We let our def- our defense work around him and cover up some of his flaws and let him grow into the role. Yeah. Okay, so he does have experience with the U-20s and the U-23s, which also, by the way, not Impressive. only does Jason Christ coach, but there's like four other RSL guys on the u 23 So here's my conspiracy theory already. He's coming back and coaching the young ones. Anyways, Ochoa, he does have good statistics in the USL. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have experience with the U-20s. And the fact that he's 18, playing for the U-23s, which is, is impressive. Yeah. 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 And uh, the only problem I have is he's 18. 
He doesn't have. Well, who's your guy? Well, who's he, your who's yeah, your guy? Well, I know, but he just doesn't have the experience. So I'm going. Let's with, give him the experience. Uh, you really want to throw him into the fire throw and possibly fire. you know miss the playoffs because you know something bad happens and he gives up all these goals. Not doing good. Change him out, but give him the chance. I think he's got better potential. Okay, well here's my argument. It's wrong. Um, no, it's not. Um, Seventeen free agents. Well, let's make that sixteen, and re-sign Andrew Putna. Putna is twenty-four. Old man. Uh, yeah, not really. No, no. He had f- he, he actually said, he said played this year, believe it or not, about 450 minutes compared to, you know, Nick Romano playing 2,700. Um, yeah. But he played. <laughs> yeah. He actually played, though, for the first team and had five appearances. And in those five appearances, he did record two clean sheets, two shutouts. So I like the fact that Putna has first-team experience has some minutes on the field, um, has those things to show, like two shutouts. That's not bad for someone who never plays. Mm-hmm. Um, he is older at 24, and I my ideal thing would be re-sign Putna to a one- or two-year deal. He's 24. He's still young. He can still develop. He's not 40 years old like Nick. Um, play him first team and have Ochoa kind of shadow him, maybe play some more for Real Monarchs because only one year – in the USL is it's good development, but he's super young. Yep, super young and full of promise. So I'm going with Andrew Putna. You know, and I honestly like I am okay with both of our options. Like I think we should resign Putna anyways, just because Yeah, well you, you need three goalies on a roster regardless. Yeah. So And you know, I think he could be a high quality goalie, you know, the two shutouts. But like I said earlier, Ochoa's potential is a lot higher. Oh, and I'm not saying it isn't. Mm-hmm. Ochoa's potential is much higher, and he's 18 years old. And that's I just think he has a chance. It. I think he has a chance to show it right now. I think he has a chance to be a young star. Is that a risk Real's willing to take? It may be an expense of maybe a playoff appearance or something not, like that. I'm not saying he has to play the entire season. If it's going bad, you put in Putna and you just make it work. Right. But maybe maybe the ideal situation is give them both about equal playing time, start them every other game. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, and I mean, we have to experiment around. We're losing, we're the losing greatest of all yeah. time. Yeah. So I don't know. I I would go with Putna, but I can see where the argument could be made for mm-hmm. David Ochoa. Yeah. And you never know; they could bring in a third goalie that we don't even know about and be like, "Yeah, this guy's starting." Maybe we can just sign Zlatan to come be our goalie because he's like, what is he? Seven foot five. He's pretty tall. I think he's six six. Yeah, he's six six. Yeah, he can be our goalie. He's the greatest player in MLS history, and he's not wrong about it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. so Spencer mentioned earlier 17 free agents. That's a lot. Yeah, to give you a, just an understanding, there's 29 roster spots. Yeah, currently we have 29 players on our active roster. Um, well, excuse me, now it's 28 because Nick is officially retired. Okay, so we have 28 less. So we have 28, and uh, 17 of them are free agents. Yeah, and we're not sure that all of them are And staying. we still don't have a GM who makes all those kind of decisions. Yeah, and we might want to get on that like ASAP. Yeah, and I'm sure they're doing a, a search for that, obviously. They have to conduct a, a big-time search for GM. It's just... No, no, Hanson's probably having lunch somewhere. <laughs> he's, he's probably having lunch with Jason Kreis. No. He's low-balling him even seven years later. <laughs> yeah, and Jason Kreis would be smart to accept a low-ball. Anyways. Nah, I So, who might be leaving out of this group? Uh, uh, so some of these guys are kind of important. Some of these guys, we have a really good mix of like youth 
and homegrown players. We have last year um, our homegrown players, our academy players, played the most minutes in MLS out of any of the other teams, academy and development teams. And so that's something to look at. That's really good. We have a good mix of veteran leadership and young players, and I think that's why we were able to finish third in the West and kind of pull it out at the end and make the semifinals. I think it's important to have both youth and um, and experience. Yeah, and experience for a playoff team because mm-hmm. if it's all youth, it's usually they not don't very go well. pretty. Just but think the a bunch of old guys isn't really good either. So, yeah. but with that, um, there are a couple players that I would like to address. Corey Baird. Um, he was MLS Rookie of the Year last season. Uh, he had eight goals, five assists. This year, uh, not as good. He kind of took a step backwards. Five goals, five assists. Yeah, five goals, five assists. And he played about 28, 2,900 minutes. And it was a very crowded um, front three this year. Yeah. The wingers and the forwards. It was five, six guys for three spots. Unless and even if you want to throw in Plata, Joel Plata in there, that's seven guys for three spots. Um, so Corey, yeah, he took a step backwards, but he did um, was able to break into the ranks for the full U.S. national team. So that was good to see. He had four caps mm-hmm. um, playing for the U.S. I believe he registered an assist. Yeah, and we want well. to see, we want to see him stay. Yeah, we want to see him stay. We want him to stay. He is an older player because he did play four years of college, but he's definitely. Has good experience. He's an All-American. He won three national championships in four years at Stanford. Stanford. And, I mean, he won MLS Rookie of the Year. So he definitely and has U.S. national team call-ups. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely capable. It's just... Yeah. The yeah, issue I see with him staying is, you know, because we have... We might be bringing in a new coach, a new GM, and it's a crowded position, like you were saying. He might not... He might want to be already, like, looking at be a focal point or, like, a, a cornerstone of an offense. And if RSL doesn't give him that... Who knows what he might do? Well, it's not even if RSL doesn't give him that. He he had a sophomore slump. Yeah, and he had it. so which is he needs to break yeah. out of it and have you know the third year because a lot of guys have those sophomore slumps or sometimes rookie year they hit the rookie wall. He never hit the rookie wall. Maybe his rookie wall just got pushed into a sophomore wall. Yeah, just a little bit. Let's hope it's not a junior wall. So I mean, we'll have to see with Corey um, Marcelo Silva was a pretty solid part of our defensive um, back line and sort of the midfield area. Um, he's a good player. He didn't play as much as I thought he did. Like, I looked up the minutes and stuff, and I was like, oh, Marcelo wasn't even yeah, playing that much. He wasn't really a major factor, but he's one of those guys that you want to have on a rotation. Yeah, he's one of those guys that if somebody like a Kyle Beckerman or a Nata Monowoha, you know, goes down with injury, you can put somebody experienced like Marcelo, who's he played in the in La Liga in Spain. You know, so he has that top league mm-hmm. uh, experience. Yeah, he played competitively for a couple teams that broke it into the La Liga one, which is the premier one in Spain. With yeah, teams it's like Real one of Madrid. the top five teams in the world, and mm-hmm. granted, or top five leagues, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And granted, like he wasn't playing for the best La Liga teams, but he was a La Liga player at some point. In he's his faced he's faced big competition, and just like Nate Monawoha, who we brought over from England, um, he played in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And yeah, granted, were they great Premier League teams? No, but, but was he a, playing in the Premier League? Yeah, is a former Premier League player um, a good fit for an MLS team? I would say yes. Yeah, for sure. If you're good enough to make a Premier League roster or a La Liga roster, you can have a home in MLS. Yeah, absolutely. And Nate Monoaha actually really impressed me this year. Mm-hmm. But I'd like, you know, I think keeping Marcelo, I'd be good with that. 
I think he can be a valuable part of that defensive rotation, especially if somebody goes down injured. And kind of depending on the matchups, um, he's better. He's a better option mm-hmm. than maybe an Everton Louise or a Nate Monoha or a Justin Glad. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, so I'm, with I'm not going to debate that point. Yeah, well, here's my biggest one that I'm a little scared about. Uh, it seems like the most likely one as well. Well, we also saw um, Bofo Sacedo, um, our academy player who's from Park City. Um, we saw an Instagram post where he said, thank you, RSL Nation. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, it's just the end of the it, season. At the end of the year, you know, I had him walking with suitcase into a plane, but still. It's yeah, and like, you're like, oh, it's just the end of the season. Yeah. You're welcome, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then David Ochoa in the tweets. Yeah. Gonna miss you, man. And I'm like, uh-oh. Gonna miss you, man. There goes Bofo. I mean, so, I don't. Ochoa is not going anywhere. Yeah, we so. we really don't know what the situation is with, with uh, Sebastian Saucedo, but it does look like he could be leaving, which would be disappointing because he is a young and very promising player that we raised through our academy. Yeah, and you want to see those guys. You want to see guys that are committed to the organization who want to stick around, because right now, like I've said it once, I'm going to keep saying it. We're in a period of change, and if we don't find people who are willing to stick in the organization. We're not going to be able to develop into a better team. We need youth. Youth? We need youth exuberance. Yeah, we need the youth to lead the charge. And he didn't get to play that much this year. He played 1,200 minutes. He did get um, two goals, four assists in his limited playing time. And I think he can be a lot better than that, but he needs the playing time. And with six forwards, it's mm-hmm. maybe seven. You could say seven forwards. It's kind of yeah. a difficult seven forwards. to crack. And we had some very interesting choices being made as far as our rotation goes um there was just a lot of different options i just don't know i don't know if any of them are capable of being like a first team all out forward like a zlatan who does nothing but score goals i don't know if we have one of those i know we do i know sam johnson well okay yeah because he has nine goals on 12 shots nine goals on 12 shots and in how many minutes spencer uh let me see sam johnson 1,301. Well, 1,300 minutes, that's pretty solid. Yeah, that's not yeah, a lot I, of... I often wondered last year. I know he was hurt for a little bit. I had some call-ups to Liberia's national team, but there was some times where I was like, why is he not playing more? Yeah, he, he came in late, pretty late into the Portland game Yeah, in the playoffs, and I was like, hmm, very Yeah, and so did Plata, and Plata made a big difference in that game. Yeah, and like... So sometimes you wonder where Joao Plata's minutes went, too. Yeah, it... And we've got guys on the team that have international experience, Johnson being one of them. And I honestly think if he's scoring that much in a short period of time, and I know that the numbers always don't don't always translate to like a per ninety minute deal, but like if he could just keep going, if he could get fifteen, he scores goals, a goal every hour. Yeah, on his yeah. Right now he's average. right now he's scoring a goal every hour. That's pretty good. That's one. It's one and a half goals a game. I'll take that. Yeah. Let's if he take plays. it. Let's run with it. Let's put him out there. This is another throw him into the fire thing. Like I don't care if he has to develop more. I don't care if he's not like looking like a star. Give him the chance. He, with the time that he has, he's our second leading scorer. Yeah, tied for second leading scorer. Yeah. So here's the big one that we have to talk with about. Half the time. Oh boy, Jefferson Savarino. Yeah, I love that guy. He scored the game winner against Portland. We got to see so. We know he has potential. He's good. Um, 
Savarino's numbers. You want to read those off for us, Tyson? Yeah, so Savarino, he had on the year nine goals, five assists, um, and he played 2,410 minutes, and yeah. he might be leaving. Second leading goal scorer, tied for first in assists with like five other players. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 22. Yeah, he and finally he might broke, be leaving. Yeah, he finally broke through with the Venezuelan national team. He had fourteen. He has fourteen caps now. He scored a goal when they upset the United States in June, which was full on embarrassing. Wish he didn't. Except know, that Jefferson but... Savarino scored, and I was like, "Hey, Real Salt Lake, represent while you destroy the U.S. men's team." Yeah, you hate to see it. You love to see it. We saw it. So he he just finished his third year with RSL and. I know sometimes he can be a little up and down, and so can that whole forward line. And I think a lot of it is just you can't get any consistency when you're not getting consistent minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do not want to see him leave. No. And like Spencer said earlier, I'm with him on this. The youth need to step up. Like, this is the time where we've had these guys, these more experienced guys like Beckerman and and all them and Ramondo, and they've been leaders. Yeah, wonderful. Now it's time for the youth to take over. Now it's time for guys like Sam Johnson, for David Ochoa, these really guys that... Brooks Lennon, Justin yeah. Glad, you know, depending Justin on who Glad, sticks around. Throw him in there. I do not want to lose Jefferson Savarino. No, and... because in my opinion, he's the best one of the seven forward options. No, I I think we could run a nice two forward deal with um Johnson and Savarino. Yeah, and well then that brings into question obviously we talked about six or seven forwards. Let's just say for this case that Bofo does leave which would be unfortunate. That still brings us down to six. Yeah, and we still only have three every game. Uh-huh. And so, Jefferson, Albert Rushnak, Demir Krylock, and then we already talked about Corey Baird and Sam Johnson, mm-hmm. and then, of course, Joel Plata is on the outside looking in. Um, My starting- They have to make those kind of decisions. I don't know... What they're going to do, it helps. It's nice to have, like, a six-forward rotation for depth purposes. Yeah. But when usually a guy comes off the bench in, like, the 60th or 75th minute, 15 minutes with your with your backup wingers is not going to usually amount to much. It's not enough playing time or to get into the flow of the game usually. Yeah, and like we were saying in the beginning, you have to have somebody you can rely on. Yeah, they're, they're one of those people, and they're all great players. They all scored around the same yeah. amount of goals and had they, the same amount of assists. They're all really good. They're all really good players, but one of them needs to step up and be the the Zlatan of mm-hmm. Real Salt Lake. They, we need to have somebody who can just attack. And we don't need somebody who scores 30 goals a season, because that's kind of unrealistic. No, but we need somebody we that need scores someone, more than 10 goals in 2,000 minutes. Yeah, we need somebody like, uh, well, like Alvaro Sabarillo that we had before, um, who's our all-time leading goal scorer, who scored 63 goals over his RSL career. We need somebody like that, who we know during a career year, can get 17 goals. Yeah. I mean, that's double the guys that have nine. I mean, we could really use somebody that scores 17 goals. Mm -hmm. And we might already have that guy. We just need to put him out into the position. Like I think Freddie's got to make that adjustment. We might might have a Sam Johnson that can do that. We might have a Jefferson Savarino if he gets more consistent time. You know, an Albert Ruschnack. I would like to see them as a starting three. I think Ruschnack, Savarino, and Jefferson, Eric Johnson would be good. Yeah, and then that leaves you stuck on Corey Baird and Joel Plata and Demir Krylock. Rotate. rotate um, Demir's a great Baird player, in. too. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult thing it's to a, figure out. Yeah, it's a tough situation, but, but we I have would like, to make a choice. For the most part, I mean, and I know you change your starting 11s and things based off of matchups sometimes. Um, but for the most part, I'd like to see 
probably a Rushnak Savarino Johnson combo. Yeah. And I guess if Jefferson leaves, then well, that just threw They're, that whole thing into yeah. the toilet. So then I'd rather see. Let's just say Jefferson leaves and uh, Bofo Sacedo leave. I would look at Rushnak, uh, Johnson, and Demir Krylock. Mm. And Corey Baird is more of a, a super sub. But yeah, he and he'd get some starts every now. I'm and not then, the GM. Yeah. Thank goodness, nobody is right now. Yeah, so that's you know, there's a lot of things that RSL is gonna have to do this off season, and a lot of tough decisions, and you know, maybe letting players go and declining options, finding new players to sign. Making a goalie decision, yeah, making we, a GM and coaching decision. Yeah, we just hope that this next season does not have the off, like the off the field drama that um, this last season has had, and that we see maybe a step in the right direction towards getting another season, uh, another playoff, um, playoff berth, and hopefully we can get past the semis. We've been stuck on that for two years. Let's move on. Yeah, let's definitely move on. And we that's, don't want to be the Portland Trailblazers of MLS. No, there's too many of there's too much of that. We don't yeah. want to be them. Um, but, yeah, with that, just a lot of things going on with Real Salt Lake, and we hope they can figure it out. And, you know, we're Real Salt Lake fans. Yeah. So you might be seeing us at season ticket holders. We have their year. best interest at heart. Yeah. We know what we're talking about, sort of. Yeah, we don't know what the best thing to do is, but we definitely know how to identify the problem. Yep, and we have some ideas, sort of. Yeah. So and that's I mean, why you should keep listening because we're going to keep throwing out ideas. And if you have better ideas than us, you should definitely call or text. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Real Report. Um, so you've had to listen to us yammer on for a while, but I hope you've taken some good things home and that you can keep listening next time. I'm Disney. Spencer. I'm Tyson. Go Real. Woo!